Morphic Resonance and Morphic Fields Biologist and author Rupert Sheldrake is best known for his hypothesis of morphic fields and morphic resonance that leads to a vision of a living, developing universe with its own inherent memory. Over the course of 15 years of research on plant development, he came to the conclusion that for understanding the development of plants, their morphogenesis, genes, and gene products were not enough. Morphogenesis also depends on organizing fields. How does a massive oak grow out of an acorn? The same arguments apply to the development of animals. Since the 1920s, many developmental biologists have proposed that biological organization depends on fields, variously called biological fields, developmental fields, positional fields, or morphogenetic fields. Many organisms live as free cells, including many yeasts, bacteria, and amoebas. Some form complex mineral skeletons, as in diatoms and radiolarians. Just making the right proteins at the right times cannot explain the complex skeletons of such structures without many other forces coming into play, including the organizing activity of cell membranes and microtubules. Most developmental biologists accept the need for a holistic or integrative conception of living organization. Otherwise, biology will go on floundering, even drowning in oceans of data, as yet more genomes are sequenced, genes are cloned, and proteins are characterized. Sheldrake suggests that morphogenetic fields work by imposing patterns on otherwise random or indeterminate patterns of activity, as is the case when they cause microtubules to crystallize in one part of the cell rather than another, even though the subunits from which they are made are present throughout the cell. Morphogenetic fields are not fixed, they evolve. The fields of Afghan hounds and poodles have become different from those of their common ancestors, wolves. How are these fields inherited? It's been postulated that they are transmitted from past members of the species through a kind of non-local resonance called morphic resonance. The fields organizing the activity of the nervous system are likewise inherited through morphic resonance, conveying a collective, instinctive memory. Each individual both draws upon and contributes to the collective memory of the species, meaning new patterns of behavior can spread more rapidly than would otherwise be possible. As an example, if rats of a particular breed learn a new trick in Harvard, then rats of that breed should be able to learn the same trick faster all over the world. There is evidence from laboratory experiments that this actually happens. Social groups are also organized by fields, as in schools of fish and flocks of birds. Human societies have memories that are transmitted through the culture of the group and are most explicitly communicated through the ritual reenactment of a founding story or myth, as in the Jewish Passover celebration, the Christian Holy Communion, and the American Thanksgiving dinner, through which the past become present through a kind of resonance with those who have performed the same rituals before. If we want to stick to the idea of natural laws, we can say that as nature itself evolves, the laws of nature also evolve, just as human laws evolve over time. But how would natural laws be remembered or enforced? 
The law metaphor is embarrassingly anthropomorphic. Habits are less human-centered. Many kinds of organisms have habits, but only humans have laws. The habits of nature depend on non-local similarity reinforcement. Through morphic resonance, the patterns of activity in self-organizing systems are influenced by similar patterns in the past, giving each species and each kind of self-organizing system a collective memory. Habits are subject to natural selection, and the more often they're repeated, the more probable they become, other things being equal. Animals inherit the successful habits of their species as instincts. We inherit bodily, emotional, mental, and cultural habits, including the habits of our languages. The morphic fields of social groups connect members of the group even when they're miles apart and provide channels of communication through which organisms can stay in touch at a distance, and they help provide an explanation for telepathy. There's good evidence that many species of animals are telepathic, and telepathy seems to be a normal means of animal communication, which is normal, not paranormal, natural, not supernatural, and is common between people, especially those who know each other well. The morphic fields of mental activity are not confined to the insides of our heads. They extend far beyond our brain through intention and attention. We're already familiar with the idea of fields extending beyond the material objects in which they are rooted, such as when magnetic fields extend beyond the surfaces of magnets. The Earth's gravitational field extends far beyond the surface of the Earth, keeping the moon in its orbit and when the fields of a cell phone stretch out far beyond the phone itself. In this same manner, the fields of our minds extend far beyond our brains.